about the fit more than the prestige or the name of the company. Hello, welcome to Product Brunch, where two aspiring women in tech looking to help people like us gain industry knowledge in the product world. Now go make some matcha and join us for a quick 15-minute brunch. Michelle and I are super excited today to host Hiro Aoyama. Hiro is a product designer at Facebook working on all things payments. Hi everyone, excited to be here and talk about my experience in breaking into tech. Awesome, there's a lot to unpack in this episode, but before we dive into anything, I was wondering what was your background before tech and how you pivoted into the industry? I came into college as a pre-med first, studied the usual stuff, chemistry, biology. My first exposure to tech was during freshman year when I went to this hackathon, just randomly. My friends invited me and then I just went there. I saw like a bunch of people making stuff making apps, making websites, thinking about what products make and uh, really liked it. I didn't really know design or tech at that time. I just went to the hackathon to listen to ideas and talk about ideas. And then slowly I was introduced to design afterwards. You mentioned that you were pre-med when you were in Emory and you went to the hackathon and saw what all of these people do. So we were just wondering how you decided to change the way your career is going from being pre-med to going into product design. It wasn't like I flipped the switch and I switched immediately. It was more gradual where, as I mentioned, I went to this hackathon and I was exposed to design and I kind of like started to realize I enjoy design a lot. Whereas pre-med, you know, I, I remember this like organic chemistry class all around me were a lot more passionate than I was. Like I would go into labs and the lab would end in an hour and then people around would be like, we keep this going. They're clearly passionate and uh, admire that. But when I started to slowly realize pre-med isn't really my passion. Whereas like design, like I remember like like second hackathon, I wanted to keep going. Hackathon is a three day event. I asked my teammate, let's just like keep the project going. Might as well like finish it and then launch it. So the difference between, you know, my passion in like these pre-med classes versus uh, doing design. Yeah, so was it the cross-functional camaraderie from these hackathons that, you know, drove you into tech or was it the process working with engineers or it's all of them and, you know, seeing your design come to life. I think I always liked making stuff, right? Bringing ideas to life. But then I didn't really know, like, how to do so. And then at Hackathon, it was pretty clear, like, what roles are available to, like, kind of break into tech and create projects. There's the usual, like, engineers. But I always thought there's just engineers. But I think at Hackathon, I was exposed to a process in making projects. There's the research portion, you know, you kind of have to understand the people problem. And then there's like the design portion to like make the idea into life. And then there's like the final engineering portion. Also like at that hackathon, because it was like a business hackathon, I was also exposed to like the business aspect. After you create the project or during your process, like you kind of have to think about how to bring the project to the market. Think about like, is this viable? Can this bring revenue, etc. I think the hackathon, like what really sparked my interest there was just how diverse the people can be. Yeah. Do you think there are concrete steps to get into design? And if yes, what are they? If not, what would you recommend people start doing to build up their interest in design and show that they really appreciate it? The way how I broke into design was, so I went to a bunch of hackathons and that 
produced like projects to put on my portfolio. So that was my first step. Um, it was like kind of like, well, I, I first kind of stalked other people's portfolio, learned how they are writing out their projects. And then I wrote mine out too, um, based on the projects that I did at, at hackathons. And then next step that I did was a bunch of case studies. So I would kind of like pick a few apps that I use and then create a pseudo projects for them features. And the re reason why I did that was because I think when you're doing case study, it really like teach you whole end-to-end -end design process because you kind of have to research and then you also have to kind of understand like the people problem and then design, etc. Whereas hackathon, it's, it, it might just be like a passion, passion project. So you might not go through the whole end to end. And then after the case study, I pretty much just applied to a bunch of startups. And um, I think a lot of the startups are like willing to hire designers. So like that's a really easy way to get exposed to kind of working in a team. Because when you're doing case study, kind of doing it one person, you're not you're not really working with engineers or product managers. I think that's how you get the ball rolling. Like once you work at a startup, I think you get you have an experience of how to really perform as a designer in a team. You know, if you want to work at a big tech, then you can apply to that. But you know, there's there's other career path as well. Yeah, speaking of different career paths. You yourself actually have a design degree from Georgia Tech. So I was wondering, do people need to go into boot camps to get into big tech? Or do they also need a design degree or a master's degree um, to break into the industry? I think like compared to other tech roles like engineering, data science, I think design is relatively easier to break into. I honestly don't think you need a degree or you need to go to boot camp. I think it's more around why do you like design? And if you can answer that just authentically, um, then I think you can break into it easily. So when I was a designer just starting out, I think my biggest roadblock is definitely, you know, designing in silo and never having the exposure and opportunity to my cross-functional partners. I was in school, not a lot of engineers around me, I didn't have a lot of designers to create my work. So what do you think are some common roadblocks or mistake areas that new designers would usually face when they try to pivot into the industry? I think there's several common mistakes that I see. One is for sure this idea that you're working in silo. When you're doing case study or when you're making the portfolio, you tend to always work alone. And then you go into this vicious cycle of you work for hours on the portfolio and then you look at it later and you start to think is this good enough and, and and the way that's a common mistake and the way you break that is seek other people's opinion of, of your design right even if you're maybe friends or family who are not even designers i did that a lot when i was trying to break into tech if i can explain my project to you know my mom who doesn't know anything about tech or design then I'm probably doing a good job, right? Because then she'll understand the whole process. Or like if she understands the whole process, it means that I'm explaining it well, anyone can understand. Also, like don't be afraid to reach out to other designers in the field. Everyone's super welcoming. You know, reach out to people on LinkedIn, send them your portfolio link or your project link, have another eyes on it. I think if you spend too much time working alone, then you don't get other people's perspective. So it, you're always kind of like stuck. And yeah, it's a common mistake, but it's very easy to, to kind of get out of. I think other common mistake that I see is 
you like never worked with other roles. That's hard, right? Because if you don't work at a company, how do you work with engineers kind of thing? But the way I approached that was I went to like a bunch of hackathons. So I think that was really nice. I got to work with other engineers or students who are engineering major. I think that's really important because as a designer, you knew what is good design. But you never really understood how much time or effort it takes to build that design out. So once you start to work with engineers or be exposed to it during hackathon, you'll start to understand like, oh, this design would take X amount of weeks versus this would only take X days. So maybe I should go with this one first. And yeah, you start to get conscious around timing of the project too and the whole roadmap. Prioritizing like which one to do first, which one takes less time to test out kind of thing. So yeah, that's like another common mistake that I see. It's that you never work with other roles, so you don't know how long each project take. That's really interesting. I think most people are thinking about changing their careers as you're speaking and people that listen to this podcast are thinking about the same thing. One common mistake I see is like people rush into design, like they just create a portfolio, create a bunch of projects, but then it's clear that you're following textbook process you don't actually know why you like design or like you might like lose track. I personally know why I like design. It's because I like understanding people problem. I think that comes through when I'm designing Facebook or personal projects or like when I'm explaining the process. When you first want to break into design, get to know why you want to and then follow through, right? Like when you're doing the projects, etc. <laughs> I think it's really funny because you pointed out basically all of my common mistake areas when I was getting into design. And I think another question that would be super interesting is how you transitioned from a startup to a big tech, but also what are some big differences between these two types of environments? I think the gist is the same, right? As a designer, even if you're a big tech or a startup, the process is the same. You're finding out problem and then you're working on solution through design. What differs in big tech versus startup is independence that you have. At startup, you can really tackle any project at any angle at any time. But at big tech, maybe there's specific problems that leadership wants to tackle first. But I mean, I, I don't know about like other companies, but at Facebook, you also have the independence too. I'm part of the payments team, so I'm focused on payments. I can't really work on other projects. I think even at Facebook, I am given the freedom to find my own projects if I want to. But I think at startup where everyone's working towards the same goal, it's very easy for a designer to get more passionate and really dive into various problems. I think the mindset is different at startup. Definitely the creativity that you get to do at a startup is a great space to grow as a product designer. So I think you mentioned about working at Facebook. What would you say the interview process was like? I started Facebook as a product design intern. Uh, the application process for that is pretty simple. You just apply online and then there's two rounds. First round with a recruiter and then second round with a designer broken down into two sections. One is app critique. You and the designer pick an app to talk about for like 45 minutes. You just kind of casual conversation around what you think is good design about the app and then what you think can be improved. And then the second part is portfolio reviews. So you just pick one or two projects to go through and then kind of explain one of your past projects and your design process there. I think overall what Facebook's looking for is your experience in design, but also like 
who you are as a designer? Which part of design process do you enjoy and are you good at? Yeah, that's super insightful. In terms of the internship process, how did you kind of secure the return offer? Did you set early milestones with your manager about, you know, working again at Facebook after the summer? Do you have any advice for people who are going through the same process, etc.? Facebook internship is pretty structured. So you come in, you set a goal, like they want you to get the return offer, right? So it was pretty much set to success. I kind of knew where in the design process I liked, but I never really specifically knew different types of designer words, right? Facebook has like four archetype of designers. One is, it's more like strength. So the first strength is product thinking. You're good at kind of thinking through people problem and have a really good hunch at what is the right thing to do. And the second is strategy. So you're really good at driving the roadmap prioritization. And the third is prototyping design excellence. So you're good at prototyping. Third thing is design excellence. So you're good at prototyping or UI or you're the go-to person for creating the mocks. And then fourth is people skills. So you're good at driving the cross-functional collaboration. So yeah, there's four of these like strengths that you kind of excel at obviously you, you know you can be good at all of them but as an intern i think i was told to kind of pick one or two to really be good at during the internship and show that at the end of the internship so yeah i picked the first two so product thinking and strategy and then yeah while i was doing projects i really focused on those i think that's how i secured the return offer these archetypes uh what makes you successful at facebook are there specific culture norms that you guys have that you really appreciate or speed that you guys work at that drives you and motivates you? At Facebook, there are a few cultures. So the more you're kind of aligned with that culture, the more successful you'll be. One of the culture is moving fast. So as a designer, I'm sure there's different archetype out there, but if you're a designer who really likes to design the whole thing and take your time to design the whole system, might not be the best fit because at Facebook, it's more important that you're moving fast and you design a bunch of A-B tests to figure out which design works better. So that's like one thing. Another thing is I kind of mentioned, but like idea of being data informed. So as a designer, you need to be able to be good at data, figure out how to run simple query to understand people's behavior through data. One example could be because Facebook has like a lot of users. If you want to figure out which design iteration is doing better, it's very easy. You just release two versions and then you figure out which button has more clicks, etc. And, and that's how you can make a simple decision, like which of your design is doing better. But the reason I say data informed versus data driven. So we say data driven would be purely base your design on data, but we try not to do that. We try to say data informed where data is informing you, but you should make your final decision not just through data, but also other research as well, kind of understanding people's behavior behind. I think there needs to be a good balance, right? It's like you're moving fast, but you're also taking your time to understand the data and using the data. Being able to do both would set you up as a successful designer. That's really interesting. When you were talking about being data informed and the decision process, that usually takes not only just you, but you and your product manager, you and the engineering team. So what happens 
when you guys disagree? Like, what do you guys do and how do you guys reach a consensus? I think disagreement happens because you guys are not aligned. What I try to do as a designer is try to get involved as early as possible. Maybe like I'm the one who brought up the problem or like the idea or like when that happens, I'm I'm also there so that you can discuss about the success metric really early on. So you and the whole team understand what success looks like for this particular project. You know, the more you do that, the less conflict you'll get later on. A lot of the conflict happened because the vision of success that you have versus the PMs have is different, right? A lot of the time PM is after a specific metric and then we're also after metric, but we're also after the whole good experience. Maybe sometimes the good experience doesn't always come with direct metric. But if you guys can predict that in the beginning, and the way to do so is when you're discussing the problem, maybe you're already thinking about wireframes or lo-fi prototype, and then you can discuss about metric as well. So you're predicting the outcome already, and then you're not going to have any conflict later on. Yeah, I totally agree that you know, balancing the thin line between metrics but also driving impactful design with efficiency is super difficult. So when you do actually face pushbacks from your partners, how do you resolve them respectfully? And what are some tips that um, you love to share? That's an interesting question. I I haven't like faced that much pushback lately. Um, You know, the whole team is pretty aligned on what to do. But... I mean, sometimes some pushback might be, this is pretty specific to big tech, but at big tech, because I'm working on messenger, some of the design system is already in place. So I can't always introduce new components. I have to follow the messenger components. It's not really pushback from engineers. It's more pushback from the messenger designers. And the way I try to resolve those is, let's say I want to introduce a new component specifically for my project, but that component doesn't exist. I always try to run small experiments like that component is not exposed to billions of people yet. It's more exposed to 1%. And then I would use that 1%. And if it's like super successful, I would use that data, convince Messenger, like, hey, this component is pretty useful. You know, it is driving like ABC metrics. And that's kind of how I like kind of foot in the door. You also have to, as a designer, your component should be able to be usable for other projects as well. So. You can kind of pitch on as it can be reused for other projects as well. So yeah, there's always like pushbacks from the design system that you're working on, but you can always overcome by running small experiments and proving that it drives a good metric. So before we end our episode today, um, just love to hear if you have any advice for kids in graduate school or even in college on applying to Facebook or applying to big tech but also finding their fit and truly finding the culture beneficial for them at these companies. What exposed me to realize that maybe Facebook is the right fit. I really like the idea of moving fast and also balancing that out with the emphasis on data and understanding the people problem. I also really liked how Facebook's also really big on phones itself. A lot of our features actually came from Hackathon and kind of this bottom-up approach of anyone can drive the company's roadmap. And I think as long as like you know why you think you're a good fit for the company, like I think it comes out at interviews. Like at interviews, obviously you have to go through these technical ones where you can prepare, but there's also behavioral ones where they'll ask you, why do you want to work here? Or 
what type of designer you are. And then when you explain those in detail, and when you know the reason really well yourself, I think it comes through. And then that's how you can kind of break into the companies you want to work for. I want to emphasize, it's not like big tech should be everyone's goal. I think successful designers are the ones who like the problem that they're working on. If you're working for a startup and you really enjoy the problem, right? You'll be more successful than the ones who are working for big tech, but you're not necessarily maybe passionate about the problem that you're working for. My advice to new designers would be obviously apply more, but when you're applying, know why you're applying. Apply to the ones you're truly passionate about, uh, and I think it will come through. I honestly don't think that startups and like big tech, it's not that one is harder than the other, right? It's just, yeah, you just apply and it's just about like whether you fit the culture or not. It might be a BS answer, but it's really true. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, it's been great having Hero on our show today. And we're super excited to watch him grow as a designer. But hopefully this has been helpful to all of our listeners. Thanks, everyone. I'm glad to be on Product Brunch. Thank you, Hero, for joining us today and for all of the advice you've given on breaking into product design. We hope everyone enjoyed hearing about his experiences and see you at our next episode.